0: Unpacked, where we discuss the pull of the past every week. I'm your host, Allison Treat. I'm an author of historical fiction and a freelance editor. Welcome to my show. Hello, historical fiction readers. Welcome to another episode. Today I'll be sharing an interview I had with Lisa Karen Richardson. She has been inspired by the Nancy Drew Mysteries to write a series called The Nosy Parker Mysteries. Today, we're going to talk about the latest installment in this series called The Vicious Victim. However, Lisa is being so generous and giving away The first installment in this series, which is called The Counterfeit Clue. So she talks more about that in the interview. But just so you know, that giveaway is exclusively for you guys, my listeners. But make sure you stay tuned after the interview for my outro. I will tell you exactly how to enter that giveaway. Okay, now let's get to the interview with Lisa Karen Richardson. Lisa, I'm thrilled to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining me. Your latest novel, The Vicious Victim, I think it's your latest novel, is that right? It is, yes. Yeah. It released in October. It's book five in the Nosy Parker Mystery Series. Can you tell me about this series and also about this book in particular?
1: Yeah, so um, this series kind of came out of my love for... Uh, the Nancy Drew stories and those kind of girl de- detective sort of um, tales that I grew up with. And I always loved her daring do and just the way she always outsmarted everybody in the end. Yeah uh, I started a story um, many years ago when I was first like seriously involved and um, in wanting to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, on my blog. And I, would, I would write a chapter and then I would let the readers pick like what they would vote for what they wanted to happen next. And oh, so cool. that was the first time that I sort of introduced these characters. Um, and the first novel in the series kind of came um, from that original story later. Um, the series itself is kind of interesting and it grew out of Um, the relationships that I've formed with other authors over the years, being part of um, novella anthologies and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am not the author of all of the books in the series.
0: Yeah, I noticed that.
1: Yeah. So I wrote the first one. And then, um, The idea kind of behind the series is that all of these girls who were part of um, what was affectionately known as the Nosy Parkers and grew up in the 40s formed a fan club where they loved the girl detective stories. When they grew up, they've kind of scattered to the winds, but they find themselves in situations where they put the skills that they learned during their you know, detective days when they were um, young teens and, and preteens, and um, they put those to work, and they end up f- solving mysteries that are real-life mysteries, um, and so I've, uh, like I said, I've mentioned, I wrote two of the stories. Deb Marvin has written two, and um, a newer author to us has written one. So um, we're up to five now, and it's been really exciting. They're all published with uh, Journey Fiction.
0: Yeah, was, but was the whole um, the series your idea, or was it in conversation with these other authors that you came up with the idea?
1: Um, the series idea was mine, okay. um, but you know, we've been able to Expand it, and I, I kind of pitched it out there. Um, there are more that are planned in the series. Um, Jennifer Ali is uh, writing one now, which will be set in Hollywood and around sort of the a Dick Clark um, American Bandstand kind of vibe. So that's one to look forward to.
0: Neat. Okay, so what holds them all together? They're all they're all about this group of girls, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, they're- so how do how do they end up in Hollywood versus the one I, the one that you released in October set in New York City,
1: right? So um, they all grew up in the town of Olentangy River Heights, in um, Columbus, Ohio, that area, mm. um, and they were all part of the same fan club. Uh, they all you know attended all of the meetings together, and they would have. Um, you know, like special uh, speakers, like among themselves, they would come up with ideas for like how to um, check, you know, for writing on a pad of paper, you know, after the top sheet's gone, you know, to, to shave off the pencil graphite and, and use that, those sorts of things that, oh. you know, they always just loved the stories. They wanted to be detectives. And when they find themselves thrust into um, sort of circumstances that, are would allow for detective work to be done um, they are not shy about picking up that ball and and kind of running with it
0: right that's great. that sounds like so much fun. What age reader is it intended for? is it intended for um like younger girls?
1: Or? um so our novels are not um they're adult fiction they're not okay. really um. This is like our grown-up take on, you know, if right. these girls grew up and then took off um around the world and, you know, yeah. what would happen, you know, as their lives, as they start um progressing in their careers and so forth, um, and and just what might take place. Um, so they are not necessarily geared towards young children, but they are all clean. So um if you have a teen or someone like that who's interested. Then by all means, it would be uh, appropriate for them to read it.
0: Right, right, great. Um, so I was able to read the beginning of your Not, of Vici- the vicious victim, mm-hmm. um, and it pulled me right in. It's just it starts right off with this mystery and intrigue, and it is very reminiscent of like Nancy Drew style. So, how did you get inspired to write the vicious victim in particular? Like, can you, can you tell me more about that?
1: Sure. So, um, my heroine Gemma is. Um, a, a would-be writer herself, and she's become enamored with um, all sorts of writing. She came to New York City because, you know, in the 50s, that was what you did if you wanted to be a serious <laughs> writer, you know, like that was like yeah. the, the dream job, the goal.
0: Up until and, about 2000, I think it was. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> the advent of e-publishing has changed right. a lot. <laughs> right. yes. Um, But so she always just had this sort of you know, dream at, at heart. Um, and so she um, comes to New York City, and she's taking the jobs that she can find um, as a writer. And um, in the first book, I, I've tried to really use sort of the landmarks and um, draw in the details about New York City that make it special and um, just mm-hmm. unique, unlike anywhere else in the world. So in the first story, you will find out a lot about the um, New York City Library and mm. that whole system. Um, and in The Vicious Victim, I focused a lot on Rockefeller Center. right? Um, and it's just really, you know, it's fascinating to me. I love the real history that goes into to um, creating these worlds. Um, and so I think that's really, you know, once I had the setting of New York City, um, it kind of made Since Um, when I came up with the idea for the murder and the vicious victim, you know, I needed a radio, um, corporation, a broadcasting company. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it kind of just fit.
0: Yeah. So how did you, have you spent time in New York city? How did you go about researching to make sure that it was accurate?
1: I have not spent time in New York city for, um, these novels. And, okay. and frankly, it's, um, it's not the same as it would have been in oh, 1954.
0: No. Anyway, <laughs> especially so, now,
1: <laughs> right with <laughs> the pandemic and everything, it just yeah. wasn't going to um, be the the same um, vibe at all. But I have done extensive uh, research and Pro tip for those who might be looking to record or to write for themselves, if you're doing research, the New York Public Library, um, they have, you can um, query them, their research librarians will help you if you're stuck on particular questions or, or things. Um, And so I have availed myself of that service (laughs) a few times, just like those thorny little things you're like, I just can't Figure out this one thing: What did police cars have sirens at this time? <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, that's great. How about did you watch like old movies set in New York? Did that help um, you get the right? Vibe oh yeah, or? I've yeah.
1: watched um, all sorts of movies, and there's just so much information um, online now that's yes. available, and um, you know from radio history to the Rockefeller center itself, um, old pictures, um, old advertisements and things like that from the fifties. They really help you just, um, kind of dive into that whole world.
0: Right. Yeah, that's great. So what do you hope readers will learn from this book?
1: Um, I, I really or from just the whole hope, series, if, yeah, <laughs> <if> that's easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pursuing your dreams is kind of a theme in all of uh, the the novels and the story. Just kind of not being um, afraid and stepping out to to do what you're passionate about. Um, I think is is probably a theme that ties them all together.
0: Mm, okay, so you have quite a number of books out. Are all of your books historical fiction? They are. They are. Are they, are they all mysteries also? They
1: or? all have an element of mystery, um, some more so than others. I, I think that um, the counterfeit clue, which is the first one in this series, and then the vicious victim are the most um, like traditional mystery stories. Okay. Um, the the others have either a, a mystery element or sort of an adventure kind of element.
0: Okay. Um, are the others other are they all written for with the adult reader in mind? They also. Are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then I see, I know you mentioned you were in some novella collections, mm-hmm. but also I it looked like you've co written some books.
1: That's true, so, yeah. With um Jennifer Ali Inc. was my okay. co author.
0: So what was that like? how is that process um how does it differ from writing a book by yourself? Tell me about that.
1: Sure. Um, So it is definitely a little bit different, and it's probably going to be different for every partnership. You know, it's going to be sort of individualized to everybody. The way that it worked out for Jen and I, um, we just, uh, we brainstormed uh, a synopsis, a a long outline, and then we took turns writing a chapter. And so, you know, if I wrote Mm -hmm. the first chapter, then she would read that chapter and um, make, edits or changes, and then write the second chapter, and then mm-hmm. send it back to me. And then I would write the third chapter and make edits and changes on chapter two and, and move forward. And that's how we chose to do it and kind of what worked for us. Um, it's definitely something you have to kind of be willing to accept other perspectives. And that is not for everybody when you're writing, because it's writing is highly personal, you know, and so when somebody else gets the epiphany about this major twist, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of hyperventilate for a second, then you got to <laughs> kind of step back and be like, it's okay. It's okay. We can make this work. This will work.
0: <laughs> right. That's great. How did you decide to do that together? Was it something like a publisher was looking for? Or did the two of you just say, hey, let's, um, let's write a book together?
1: It was the latter. We said, hey, let's, write a book together we met Mm -hmm. at a writer's conference and we really um got to know each other we uh jen had an idea that she was trying to pitch um we started to brainstorm about it and it kind of changed substantially from like the original idea and um Mm -hmm. then she's like you know what this is so different and she really was not familiar uh, and had no history in writing historicals herself. She was mm. um a contemporary uh, romance writer. And so okay. it was sort of out of her bailiwick. So she um you know when when this idea came to her and we started to flesh it out, she's like, "You know what? How would you feel about doing it together?" <laughs> you know, and and so it kind of sprang from that.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So can you tell me a little bit about your career? How did you get started writing?
1: I got started writing um, when I was really young. You know, my grandmother really um, always loved writing. We would um, go for walks in the woods and she would come up with stories and and we would kind of go back and forth telling stories about the woodland creatures and that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. that was always, yeah, I was always a part of Um, Kind of my personality growing up, just that love for writing. Um, And then about, oh, it's been maybe 12 years ago now, I, I got serious about it. And actually finished a full-length novel that I started. You know, I'd started many projects over the years. Um, I got one finished. Um, That was not the first book that got published. Um, Publication came after joining some writers groups and really um, learning more about the craft and trade of writing as opposed Mm -hmm. to just um, coming up with stories. Um, And so my first book, publication was in a novella collection, and that came about um, because of contacts I made and just getting to know people in the industry. And um, when there was an opening um, in this anthology, I was asked to, to fill a spot, and I was able to come up with an idea that kind of fit with the, the whole theme, and it worked out.
0: Awesome. That is great. That was your first... Mm-hmm. Did you then go out? Do you have an agent, or did you not need an agent? I um, did.
1: I, as a kind of a result of being part of that um, group, I was able to to get an agent, and and okay. she remains my agent now.
0: Great. So, um, what are you writing now? Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually really excited about it. I am I am working on a steampunk YA adventure, which Ooh. is. Um, is kind of a departure for me, but not so much. I, I really think that there's a real connection between fantasy and historical fiction because so much of it comes down to world building yes. and the world as it existed in the past, no longer exists. So to an extent, we're kind of making it up anyway. Yes. Um, so it's just sort of based on our perception. So in any event, um, My steampunk adventure is um, with a couple publishers now. It's, uh, like I said, YA. It's a group of students who go to a very special school where they are taught to um, protect the queen. You know, Mm and in in history, men couldn't always go where women went. So they Mm -hmm. formed this secret uh, group that was trained to protect the queen when perhaps there weren't other sources of protection available and so that's kind of the idea that kind of gave rise to to this story and I'm really excited about it. I I, I had so much fun. It's the first novel I've I've attempted in first person and I had wow. a lot of fun with that.
0: Great. That sounds cool. Now, I understand that you've also been overseas doing missionary work. Is that something you'd like to share? with my listeners or?
1: Sure. Um, my husband that. actually grew up in, on the mission field. Um, oh. His parents were missionaries and he was there from the age of 18 months, <laughs> not mm-hmm. 18, 18 months. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to get that qualifier in there. Right. Um, he, uh, so he was, he grew up in Madagascar and then wow. um, my grandparents were actually in Madagascar. At the same time, his grandparents were there as missionaries. And so um, they knew one another. We never met until we were in college. Um, And by that time, his parents had moved to um, Mauritius, which is an island in the Indian Ocean. And they oversaw a work that spanned Mauritius, uh, La Reunion, and Seychelles. And so we um, got the opportunity. We we uh, were able to go to Seychelles and work in a Bible school there, um, and it was it's a wonderful experience. I uh, wow. Seychelles is just gorgeous. If people know it in the U.S., it, it's not very well known here. Um, right. But if people know it, it's because it's um, a holiday hotspot kind of place. I think it's where Will and Kate. Um, went for their honeymoon, you know, uh-huh. that kind of vibe. So really tough duty, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, still, I'm sure you did good work there. That's how long did you live there?
1: Um, we lived there for about six months or so, and then okay. um, I actually do have a novel that came, uh, the idea came from there and is partially set in the Seychelles um, mm. because there is a rumor that goes around that the Dauphin of France, um, son of Marie Antoinette, was smuggled out of France during the revolution and actually came to uh the Seychelles to the island of Mahi and lived out his days there.
0: Wow. Really?
1: So I had to weave that in somewhere, you know, you can't have that kind of fascinating historical tidbit and not put it somewhere.
0: No, you're right. Which, um, which novel is that in? Did you say Um, that? That is
1: in The Peacock Throne.
0: Okay. Awesome. So I ask all my guests this question. Mm -hmm. How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present?
1: Uh, I, I think it's just because human nature is human nature. It hasn't changed at all through history. Um, but by giving the historical perspective, we can sort of almost distance ourselves or look through a, a different glass at life mm-hmm. and complications, and we know that um, – people have had these struggles before, you know, this is not the first pandemic that has hit the world. People have survived worse and we can get through this. Right. And so it's um, historicals are great um, because they, they take you to a different time and place and allow you to sort of still work through the same sort of problems that we experience today.
0: Right. Yeah, that's so true we're coming to the end of our time together. So I wanted to mention the giveaway that you are so generously offering to my listeners. Um, so give a quick like overview of the first book of your nosy Parker series. Cause that's, that's the one you're going to offer, right?
1: Right. It's called the counterfeit clue. And again, it features Gemma and um, she is in New York city. She uh, is excited to be there and she's pursuing her dreams as a writer and um, just after she leaves a friend, her friend is killed in a hit and run kind of accident. Mm-hmm. Um, things, someone starts following her subsequently, and she's not really sure what's going on. But as she digs deeper, um, she soon rep- recognizes that not everything is quite what it seems and, and starts. Realizing she's going to have to investigate on her own to get to the bottom of things, and so she she goes on sort of a an madcap adventure from there.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Um, can you tell us where can listeners find you online?
1: Um, I have a website. It's www. lisa karen k a r o n richardson. Um, and uh, I have um, a number of publishers so uh, certainly Amazon uh, books are there and um, Christian book distributors, those kinds of places Barnes and Noble um, my my books are available at all of those spots.
0: Great. Are you on social media at all or
1: Oh yeah that- Facebook, um, Pinterest. I love okay. Pinterest. I think it's a requirement for writers there's something yes, about I having those so. pictures. <laughs> So I do have pages for my novels, so you can That's check those great. out if you're interested.
0: Awesome. Um, okay, thank you so much for being with us today, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Allison. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, friends, if you've never before had a reason to visit the show notes, now is the time. Go to allisontreat.com/blog. That's A L I S O N T R E A T dot com slash B-L-O-G. And there you will find the various show notes. Make sure you click on this episode, episode 14 of season two with Lisa Karen Richardson. On that page, there will be a rafflecopter entry form embedded right into the post. So all you have to do is give me your email address and I'm not going to use it for anything else without your permission. It's just to be able to contact you if you win the giveaway. So head to allisontreatcom slash BLOG and don't miss this opportunity because this Nosy Parker mystery series is so much fun. And it's, you know, as she mentioned, it's good for maybe a teenager in your life um, or you can read it yourself. Since it's actually a physical copy, not an ebook, you can re- read it yourself and then hand it off to a teenager in your life. You get the picture. You want to enter this giveaway. Now, of course, I can't leave this giveaway up forever, so the giveaway will end May 14th. That's Friday, May 14th, 2021. So that's just over a week from today. You know, while you're clicking around on the internet, going to the show notes and entering the giveaway, you can also go to Historical Fiction Unpacked podcast page on Apple Podcasts and leave a star rating and review that would really help people find the show. And I would greatly appreciate it. I'd also love it if you join the podcast group on Facebook. It's called Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group. And you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. Now I'm going to leave you with a quote, as usual. This one is from Anais Nin. The possession of knowledge does not kill the sense of wonder and mystery. There is always more mystery. So keep reading historical fiction, my friends, and I will talk to you again next week.